Welcome, this is Beyond the Hate, I'm Steven. I'm John. And today we're talking about Billy Madison, and that, that was Billy Squire, and uh, <laughs> that song's also pretty relevant for Blades of Glory. Right. So if we ever do that, probably the same intro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, which it's it's kind of kind of funny because when he shows up to high school, he fucking uh, what is he what is he driving? He has a he has like a Trans Am, doesn't he? Yeah, I think so. It's a Trans Am, and he like he shows up and he has like the jean jacket on, and you know he, he, he like he like you know just kind of like sits up on the the hood like a badass, and everybody's just looking at him like what the fuck is this dude? He was like. <laughs> It's like sh- sh- high school is way fucking different from when when you went, man. You know, because he's uh, he's 27 at the time in in, in terms of the the canon of the story. Um, O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle rules. Now, funny enough, one of those O'Doyle kids, I think it was the O'Doyle kid that was in was it the third grade, like when he was in elementary school. One of them looked like fucking JBL from wrestling <laughs> to me. I was Could like, have been J. No, he's older than that. Yeah, he's older than that. Uh, but it's like fun fact: that was actually JBL. <laughs> that was him. Yeah, Odell is in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Like that family itself is in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Even though like many of them died during this movie. <laughs> yes, because they slipped on a banana peel. Yeah, in a car. He did some Mario Kart type comedy there. That was some Mario Kart type shit. That was pretty funny though. Right. Yeah. I have to admit that was pretty hilarious. Right. <laughs> and it's also random. Like they added the scene in later. Oh really? You know, like cause, cause it is random in the context of the movie when you're watching it. It's just one thing. It's just like adult, and then they're just driving and they slip on a banana and go off a cliff. Right. It's pretty hilarious though. Yeah, but they do set up that whole thing with the banana earlier with the bus driver. Right. Played by the immortal Chris Farley. The immortal Chris Farley. Yes. I I, I remember like going back because I was like, okay, I remember Chris Farley being the bus driver. Sideburns. But, but yeah. I forgot how much he did show up in the movie because he's actually in more scenes than I remember. It's kind of like in Wayne's World. You kind of forget that he was forget pretty that hilarious kind of in Wayne's World. Kind of like a, he's like a secondary character. He's not think just he's, like a cameo character. Yeah, he's like a bigger part in the second one, I think, right? Yeah. For Wayne's World, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he only in Wayne's World too? He might have only. Been, he I felt only, like he. I thought he had a cameo in the first one. Or maybe he. It's been a minute. It's since been I've a while. The Wayne's World. Yeah, I'd have to relook it up, but I feel like he had a cameo in the first one too, and then they they went back to it and gave him a bigger part. In, in the, the second, second one. one, you might be right. I just but I, I haven't I, it's seen been a while, while, so I might be wrong. I just might be seeing him, you know, in my head. You know, yeah. a lot of Adam Sandler stuff had Chris Farley in it, though, in those early days. Mm-hmm. Yes, but uh, as far as the beer we're drinking today, this is the uh, uh, where's the Kentucky Blackberry Barrel Porter. Yes, so this is the Kentucky Brewing Company that we've. We've drank uh, most everything that they've made that we can find. Yeah. Um, and I just so happened to get off work early last night because we were slow as fuck. So I was like, well, hey, I'm going to go run to the liquor store and see what they've got. And I was like looking and I'm like, okay, some of the stuff I've seen before, stuff I've bought before. And then I found the Kentucky Blackberry. I was like, oh, fuck yes. This is going on. Yes. This is happening. Three out of three. Fucking great. It tastes yes. like a blackberry pie in your mouth. I would suggest you to pour it in a nice Pilsner's glass. When it, yeah, because we gets, tried it in the bottle and it was good, but it, it the flavor really stands out when you pour yeah, it in a glass. Yeah, the taste kind of comes to the top whenever you pour it in a glass. 
good Pilsner's glass. Don't just pour it in any regular glass. We're not yeah. barbarians. Yeah, we're sophisticated types. <laughs> we're Beer sophisticated. drinkers, anyway. We're, we're just total barbarians at everything else. Right. David Spade turned down the role of Frank. Frank? Oh, the, <laughs> um, uh, shit. That was, was that Norm Macdonald's character? Yeah. Because, uh, he has, because the, the Billy has his two buddies. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's Frank, and then there's the yeah. other guy. I want to say that he, so he would have been the Norm Macdonald character. You know who I thought he would have been great as? The bad guy. Oh, as, uh, Eric, the, Eric. the, the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I think oh. he would have killed that. Oh, he probably would have. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. He yeah. would have, he would have killed that. But this was 95, so David Spade probably would have been doing, uh, what did he make in 1995? Um, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. So yeah, he Tommy been Boy was ninety five. Yeah. So yeah, he was too busy doing that. I mean, Chris Farley was in this, but he probably did his role in like two days or something. Yeah, they probably could. The, all the bus driver stuff, they probably could have shot all his in like within a week, and he would have yeah, been good. Yeah, he would have been gone. Yeah, because uh, I think uh, shitty because they both came out in ninety five, so he might have done this before he worked on Tommy Boy. Yeah, Sandler wanted uh, Charles Bronson as his dad in the movie. Oh, man. And he didn't do it, obviously. Yeah. Um, Chris Farley's quote, good, great, grand, wonderful, is the same quote he uses in Airheads, which is another Adam Sandler movie. Yes, yes. (laughs) I've always liked Airheads. Brendan Fraser. Brendan Fraser, yeah. (laughs) The, uh, what was the... With the Lone Rangers, that was the name of the band in that movie. The Lone Rangers. The Lone Rangers. It's kind of like the Lonely Islands. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> the Lone Rangers. It's like, yeah. but if there's many, how can they be lone? It's like, don't yeah. worry about it. That's a joke that goes on through the thing. Yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, I always thought, uh, you know, it's it's kind of interesting how like uh Sandler, you know, he keeps like a pretty good circle of people around him. You know, especially like guys like Kevin James. But, you know, even, um, like, uh, Rob Schneider, because he's had Rob Schneider pop up in, like, a bunch of his movies, because he's in Waterboy, and, you know, he's in a bunch of different ones. Yeah. Speaking of a connected universe, they do mention Mortal Kombat in this movie. Yes. <laughs> it's like, I believe that Mortal Kombat's the greatest video game of all time. And he was like, "That's I, I don't believe so. I believe it's Donkey Kong. And he's like, Donkey Kong sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, look, you little shit. Well, if you guys don't know, this is kind of going full circle to Brigitte Wilson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Playing so Sonya Blade. It yeah. started with Mortal Kombat. Here's the, here's it going. She started here, then actually got a chance. If you guys want to listen why she got to play both roles, go back and listen to our Mortal Kombat episode. Yes. Isn't uh, it weird how like 1995 has popped up so many times doing this? Yes. Because... Mortal Good Kombat year. was 95. We've already done Tommy Boy, which was 95. Um, Ace Ventura was... Was it 94? Was Ace Ventura 94? Or was it 95? I forgot. I don't know. Which year did Kurt Cobain kill himself? <sighs> that was 94. Yes. Then that was Ace Ventura. Okay, because that was the same year? I think so, yeah. Okay, so almost. So we're like a year off. And then uh, some people Clueless say, was 1995. Yeah. Billy Madison's 1995. And we've done all of these. It's weird how many 1995 movies we've done. But this is like the, you know, this is like our, our it's kind of weird how we like, we went on like a whole run of like nineties movies. And we started with Mortal Kombat 
And now we come to Billy Madison, who also has Bridget Wilson. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of so, weird how that uh, everything kind of comes full circle. Yep. So we're we're back at it. So, yeah, because last week we had to do a our Rotten Tomatoes special. You guys should check that out. It was a lot of fun to do. Yes. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a break from the normal thing that I usually have to do. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. You guys should just check it out and see how ridiculous those guys are and their effects on, um, you know, everything. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, like this one, for, for instance, this is considered one of the, the better comedies of the 90s. It has 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Billy Madison. There's not a person alive that has a comedy bone in their body that could probably turn the channel if they just came across this movie, um, you know, on TV. So, so just, everybody that was on IMDb that wrote about this apparently has no funny bone anywhere in their body. No, they don't. People I mean, fucking it, hate it's, it's actually better on IMDb. It's 6.4 out of 10. Yeah, that it does better on IMDb, but Rotten oh, Tomatoes is 40. Uh, whatever the fuck me, Metacritic is, is only 16%. Eh, shit. So those guys never visit that site. Yeah, those they've guys. Probably been, they're probably run entirely by like millennials or something. Those guys are jacking <laughs> it to like snuff porn or something. Those guys are fucked up. Yeah, they're. Like, if you can't laugh during this movie then you're either like a 2000s baby or you, you I mean it's kind of the same thing when I'm saying you just don't like comedy or you're a 2000s baby it's kind of the same thing yeah cuz they don't get comedy millennials have no sense of humor it's cuz they don't get it they get offended by everything guess what yeah like you would have never survived the era of like Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor and mm. you know uh uh, Lewis Black and <laughs> yeah, well, because there's even George like, Carlin. Like those are the greatest, like yeah. some of the greatest comedians of all time. Uh, was it uh, Sam Kinison? Sam Kinison. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you would have never survived going to one of his shows. Only we can go to those th- those type of comedian shows to this day. You guys stick to your Patton Oswalt. <laughs> yeah. Um, that fucking douchebag. And Louis C.K. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 rapey dick jacker. That's the people that you millennials created. We created all the greats. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But the, the thing is, is like, because I was thinking about this, and I was like, we've covered uh, a lot of comedy movies, and it's like one of the things that you noticed about the '90s comedy, you know, in particular, was you had really big stars that just exploded in the nineties because Carrie, Jim Carrey did. You had uh, Farley and Spade, of course, with Tommy boy and then Mike Myers, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Mike uh, Myers and Dana Carvey. If you, Dana you know, Carvey, him, if you want to package them together. Yeah. For Wayne's world. They, they were really great on SNL together. Mike Myers career went in a different direction than Dana Carvey's. Yes. On screen, though, he didn't do as much on screen, but he is an amazing stand-up comedian. Yes, he is very good at stand-up, and he's a good writer. He's still a very successful stand-up comedian. Yeah, he still does. Dana Carvey still does stand-up. I watched his stand-up special on Netflix, and it was one of the most hilarious things I've ever heard. Nothing beats Anthony Jeselnik. Nothing. (laughs) Except maybe John Mulaney. I'll give him a lot of props. He's pretty hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but that's the thing. Like when you go back in and you look at like some of this stuff from the '90s, 
it's like you have Jim Carrey, you have you know Farley and Spade, you have uh, you know Mike Myers, like you were like you said, and then you could put Carvey with that too if you're talking about Wayne's World and that kind of stuff. Well, in SNL, you had you know you had a and bunch then of Sandler people. came from SNL. Yeah, Sandler came from SNL, which it's ridiculous to think that he just made history as being, you know, he's he's about to host SNL for the first time ever. Right. And I was like, wait, Sandler hasn't ever hosted? I'm like, like he was I'm, on there, but they never asked him to come back and host. And I'm sitting here thinking, I know I've seen an episode that he hosted. <laughs> You're thinking they're just doing that just to, because they wanted people to tune in? No, I think we've switched universes again. Okay. I think I've already seen this Fucking episode. Mandela Effect. Mandela Effect's going crazy. I swear I've seen him host this shit before. Yeah. And it's like Adam Sandler has never hosted. That sounds insane. That sounds insane. That like he's like one of their their best actors, one of their most prolific actors they've yeah. had. He's probably he's, worth. His studio is probably worth more than SNL. The Happy Madison at this studio? point, yeah. And the puppy in Billy Madison's name was Happy. Yeah, it's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, it is pretty <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Because <laughs> then he great. ends up doing Happy Gilmore, yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty brilliant. Like I, I like it. Yeah. Uh, everything he does is kind of a connected universe, and like even like the the TV stuff, he'll show up on for his friends, like Andy Samberg, which is basically him reincarnated. Right. Yeah. Uh, except I think Andy Samberg can do a little. Um, uh, he can do a couple things a little differently than Sam. They're different styles. I'm not saying one's more talented than the other, but I would say Sandberg does have the potential to be another Sandler where he can create his own because he has his own group of friends that he likes to work with too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Terry Crews being one of them, uh, which is a great person to work with. If you, yeah. you're wanting to do comedy and have like a bunch of like spinoff movies from your Brooklyn nine, nine stuff and all that. Terry Crews is a great guy to bring with you. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's my boy. was another movie that we discussed doing on the podcast one day because that was really hated. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> and that's two of primarily the, because of Adam. That's Sandler. two of the greatest, uh, uh, SNL comedians ever to show up on the show is Andy Sandberg and Adam Sandler. And people yeah. were like, it wasn't funny. It's like, okay. And I'm pretty sure we're going to get some of that here. Where people are saying this oh, isn't Adam funny. Oh, Adam Sandler hate. Yeah, that's uh, that's. But a I good do want to. I do want to already. I, I think I have a preemptive strike. A lot of these guys that are commenting on this, guarantee you their comments came years after this movie came out. Ding ding ding! <laughs> you have won the prize. Yes. Well, let's get into it then, <laughs> since that was kind of. What yeah. we call a segue in the biz. Yeah. In the biz, we call that a segue. <laughs> Not that little shit your mall police ride around on. Not that shit Paul Blart's on. A segue is Paul called a Blart transition. <laughs> Fuck Paul Blart. We want to observe and report. Right. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. <laughs> Anna Ferris gets fucked by Ray Liotta in the movie. Yeah. And Seth Rogen shoots a guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a fucking mall cop right yeah that movie is hilarious it's dark as shit yeah yeah seth rogan can take it dark he can do mm -hmm. that he's one of those people that can i always um, like him better when he goes dark 
when he he does like a lot of the goofy comedy, I'm just kind of like, he's just doing freaks and geeks again. Yeah. But when he goes dark like Observing Report, I really like that Seth Rogen. Yeah. It's um, it's it's kind of it's the best version. It's kind of like Fat Jonah Hill. Fat Jonah Hill is the best Jonah Hill. He's the best Jonah Hill. Yeah. I have a controversial statement. I kind of like the Green Hornet movie. <laughs> See, I never saw the Green Hornet movie. It was like Rogan and um John Cho. Right? Yeah, John Cho. I John thought it was Cho fine. Was, um, uh, Kato. Yeah. Yeah. We might uh, have to watch that and see if we yeah. may want to do it. I, on I the haven't show. actually seen that one. I was meaning to at some point, and it just, you know, sometimes it's like you don't really get to a movie unless somebody insists that you see it. Yeah, people just you know? kind of beat it in oblivion because they're like, "That's not Steve McQueen and Bruce Lee." It's like, yeah, but who, who the, the fuck, fuck is going to be like that now? <laughs> Because they were thinking they're going to get Jet Li. I was like, when this movie came out, Jet Li was like 45. Yeah. He can't be, uh, he can't be fucking, uh, Kato. Kato. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Unless they wanted him to be Steve McQueen's character, then I guess, yeah, he still couldn't have been him because in the show he was younger. Yeah. Uh, okay. So because this is the elephant in the room, right? Roll Tide, uh, <laughs> yeah, or something like I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. What we don't know how to make a- animal noises, <laughs> especially an elephant. We're gonna have um, to get that guy from Police Academy. Yes, uh, Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow. Yes, one of the greatest. Uh, what, what the fuck kind of comedy would you call his? It's like it, it's uh, it's like it would be physical. No, no, it would be. Um, I don't know. It'd kind of be like Jim Carrey's comedy. I guess it'd be like physical comedy. Kind of, but it, most of his stuff is sound effects. It's like purely sound. It's like self-made sound effects. So it's like, it's like audible comedy. Audible comedy. Yeah. It's like it, it because he usually doesn't talk in a lot of his, but you have to see him because if you're just listening to it, there's nothing unique about it, but when you know that it's actually coming out of his mouth. Yeah, when you know that it's a, like the Police Academy movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just go back and watch the Police Academy movies. Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, Steve Gutenberg. Uh, the Police Academy movies would be fun to go back through at some point. Yeah. yeah. There's like 15 of them, so we'd have to like limit ourselves to like the first one or like the first two or something. The first one was the, the best. The one, first one was the best. The second one wasn't bad, but the first one was the classic. Yeah. Um, but anyway. So, uh, one of the things that I was, I, I realized very quickly when I started doing the notes for this is that people really fucking hate Adam Sandler a lot. You know, it's like you have, I, the thing I think with Sandler is that his kind of comedy, it, it, for some people, it's either, either you can take it or you, you have to leave it. It, it, well, what know, it is, is is 90s comedy. It's 90s comedy, which is kind of what I was going on later or earlier about was that like Jim Carrey um, and then you had uh, Chris Farley and like, Sandler are like the three I could immediately think of that had like the ability to do crazy voices, crazy physical stuff and crazy facial expressions. Right. And they all yeah, were good Mike at that. Myers was one of those Mike guys. Mike Myers too. is another one because he's you know, good Austin at doing Powers. Voices. Yeah, like Austin Powers, good at doing you know crazy voices, cra- good at doing like crazy physical stuff with like your you know face and everything. Um, you know that was the way you did comedy in the '90s. You know, like all the really good comedy people that came, you know, that sort of like went through the '90s had that. You know, it, because that's just kind of what you expect, especially when you see something like Jim Carrey in The Mask. Like most of that performance is it's like great. physical. It's a great movie. 
performance of, of him, you know, interacting with the environment and then his facial expressions with the, the mask on. And him and Cameron Diaz had great chemistry. Right, and that, that worked really well. This movie, you have Adam Sandler playing Billy, and then you have you know, Miss Vaughn, um, Bridget Wilson. But that's the thing. It's like a lot of times in these comedy movies, the thing that makes it is the, the chemistry between the characters. Ace Ventura probably wouldn't have worked as well if Courtney Cox didn't get along well with Jim Carrey normally works best just just off. I guess I mean it's in topic, but it's we're talking about Jim Carrey. But Jim Carrey specifically works best in his comedies when he's working with a really good female character that he can have chemistry with, like in Me Myself and Irene with Renee Zellweger. Yeah, and uh, fun uh, with Dick and Jane from Dick and Jane with Tia Leone and uh, um, uh, Bruce Almighty with Jennifer Aniston. Oh yeah, I forgot she was in Bruce Almighty. Yeah, so shit, I forgot about that entirely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so those those type of things, it's it's really good for Jim to be working with professionals whenever he is doing the female characters. And Adam Sandler is like that in some sort of ways. You got to be able to. Adam Sandler's a little different though. You got to be able to tolerate him because right. uh, Jim Carrey does a lot of goofy stuff on set. But mainly, he kind of keeps to uh, script a lot, but he you know does his own thing with the script. Adam Sandler improvs a lot. Something that this director himself says, like, yeah, we wrote a script. Me and Adam together wrote this script. But whenever you start filming, you got to let Adam be Adam, right? Because this is what's going to make the movie. Well, uh, <laughs> who directed this? This was was it Tamara Tamara Davis? It's uh, yeah, Tamara Davis. Is the, um I I don't know anything about Tamara Davis. Or uh Tamara da- Davis. Is it is it is it Is Tamara? it Tamara's T A M A R A? It's uh hang on, let's see. Or do you uh Tam No, it's actually no, it's actually a woman, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is a woman. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cuz she did. Yeah, she also did Half Baked. That was a pretty good one, Dave yeah. Chappelle. Half baked might be a movie we have to do eventually. <laughs> Maybe, but the only people that watch those movies are stoners, right? And like us, right? Um, but yeah, we watch basically everything. But uh, but that's one of the things that you you notice very quickly about this movie is like it, the entire thing is geared around Sandler being Billy. You know, like there's there aren't really very many scenes that do not feature him in some way. Like there's a very small amount of scenes, uh, that you don't see Sandler at all. You know, well, well to me, like, okay. like this movie, like Billy Madison reminds me of a later movie Sandler did, which was Mr. Deeds. Deeds. Yeah. It almost reminds me of the exact same, like uh, story type. It's kind of the same thing, like a rich person. You have to do some things to prove that you're worthy of the company and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of similar, and um, it works because Mr. Deeds is great. I yeah. mean, then he got you know I know a writer in that one. Yeah. So he he's really good at casting like really awesome like female characters in his movies too. Right. Like <laughs> they do do a lot of like. Yeah, she's hot and all this kind of stuff. And, like, whenever they're doing the test and she's undressing. One of my, 
one of the funniest parts is whenever he's doing the test and he's like getting it wrong and he's like no please put it back on and she's like she dresses back up and then he starts getting it right and you see like chris farley's like takes that his shirt correct. off <laughs> that is correct that was yeah because uh, and then cause, adam sandler just starts laughing or yeah. whatever that wasn't in the script they 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 cut it at adam sandler laughing yeah and they just left it in. They left it in because <laughs> Billy would find that ridiculous too. Yeah, because they were like, it was supposed to cut, like he, he was supposed to be like horrified or surprised yeah. or something like that. But Sandler couldn't keep a straight face yeah. with Chris Farley doing that. And he was laughing and they were just like, we're just going to leave that in because that looks, that looks like a good time. It just looks like it flows it, it with the movie. It matches the scene that he would It matches find that. Billy too because yeah. he's ridiculous person he's a ridiculous <laughs> character yeah um <laughs> so um th- that's one of the things that i thought was interesting about this was like how much once they introduce the bus driver they use him for a bunch of things he shows up at billy's parties he's helping him study when he's doing the stuff at the end of the movie trying to prepare for the decathlon thing the the uh, academic decathlon or whatever and and uh it's just and it's like the thing that sells that too is when um uh farley like pulls his shirt off and he's like that's correct and then he kind of like holds his nipples you're like oh god he holds his nipples and then he puts his like hand on his lips or whatever like yeah he's like yeah it's like trying to act all sexy or whatever like he's trying to replace veronica and it's like billy's just like this is fucking ridiculous because you notice he's like trying to be like no or whatever yeah, and then he just starts like, laughing he's, he's like, like whatever man it's <laughs> that would be my problem working with somebody like chris farley i'd be like how the fuck can i finish this movie right yeah i would, imagine I would just David be Spades la- like that too yeah when worked with him back in the day it's like how the fuck are we gonna finish this movie because i, I can't stop laughing it keeps see I, me break. I think david spade's one of those guys that can handle it though like yeah I really do because whenever he was in SNL, he was one of those guys that like never hardly laughed. Yeah. Whenever something was happened, like Will Ferrell was whenever he was on SNL, like he'd be the last person to laugh. Unlike like Jimmy Fallon, who was like first, the first and like every, every single, and that's what the fans actually came to like about Fallon was he would like fuck up the skits and just laugh. Yeah. And it made everybody else laugh because it was funny. Right, because you're like, oh man, he's he's breaking the sketch. He's breaking it because you just see like him up there, be like, <laughs> and then he so was so hard to hide. He was it. still trying to be like he was still trying to do like his talking points, but he'd be like half laughing while he was saying it. Right, and I gotta admit, it was funny because yeah. you're just like, man, this dude just cannot hold it like at all. And then you could have like Will Ferrell, like everyone's laughing around him, and he was like, you know, he'd just be like. I don't see what's funny and all that, you know, yeah. he would just keep going. Like, yeah. Like some of the stuff would just be unscripted and Will Ferrell would just kind of make it even more ridiculous. Yeah. Like the hot tub scene with like him, Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore and oh shit. What's the other chick's name? And Sherry O'Terry. Sherry O'Terry. Yeah. Cause it was him and Sherry O'Terry. were supposed to be like the be together. <laughs> and like then these... it's like Jimmy Fallon and then Drew Barrymore comes in the hot tub. Right. And Drew and Will are the two that can keep the straightest face. Well, Sherry O'Terry and uh, Jimmy Fallon, they're losing it. They're right. like fucking... Uh, was it Sherry O'Terry or was it Rachel Dratch? Was it Dratch? It's, I forget her name. It was the shorter one. You know, she's, it might have been Dratch. 
because they they did that like like uppity like rich couple uh, sketch thing. Yeah, I think it was Rachel Dratch. It was a hot tub thing. It's like where we yeah. lather each other in the deserts, and an old man with a um was like medical something, and he was like, and he lathered us, and he made love to us <laughs> under the moon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And apparently he was just some homeless man. <laughs> Like he just kept going on and everyone was laughing, but him, he just kept going on. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but anyway, uh, so as far as like the, the comment for this, uh, you see very quickly how much people react to Sandler and he definitely gets a reaction, but it says Adam Sandler does a great Jerry Lewis knockoff. But uh, Lewis is in a two-hour framework, not in a five-minute Saturday Night Live sketch. We sit befuddled by the bizarre, unprincipled shenanigans. Jerry Lewis himself could get draggy and self-indulgent, but he had the heart, and he knew something hilarious and brilliant was just around the corner. Sandler shows nothing here but schizoid silliness. He gets in people's faces, says something stupid, and we are supposed to be enchanted. Most of the film, however, consists of Sandler performing which is in quotes, by the way, <laughs> creating a truly repugnant character with no redeeming qualities, even after smearing himself with a thick layer of schmaltz and the epiphany required of his of this genre, the really awful comedy style. Uh, he has little or no acting ability. He plays drunk by tilting his head forward slightly while slurring his words in an even more unfeasible and irritating style than his normal delivery. Uh, none of Jim Carrey's physical comedy skills, no charisma, charm, or interest. <laughs> Someone please uh, put a stop to this awful man. The film also substitutes intelligence and insight in favor of Sandler's overreacting to, uh, to the nines in a performance that was irritating, more irritating than funny. He has a lisp in this film, like his character had in Waterboy, but in Billy Madison, it seems to come and go at will. Just tell me this. Where was Adam Sandler's charisma, his charm? Was, uh, where was any facet of, of his personality, character, acting, voice, or manner? I don't care how uh, ineffable. This might endear him to even the least little bit to an audience. A movie I can't help comparing to this one, although I have thought about it for years, is Rodney Dangerfield's Back to School uh, from 86, which now that I do think about it, had an almost identical plot. It, too, was goofy and lowbrow. It, too, wasn't and didn't pretend to be a masterpiece. It offered neither satire nor depth, but it was fun. The crucial difference was that Dangerfield, unlike Sandler, was easy to like, and that film would have succeeded to some degree even if Dangerfield hadn't also had much better jokes. It's essential that we like the main comic at least a little. He doesn't, or he needn't earn our sympathy. He can steal it or extort it for all I care, so long as he gets it by some means or another. But Sandler pulled out every stop in, um, on the just plain irritating train to prevent this from coming to pass so and then at the end oh here's a kicker this is so bad i am still contemplating suicide five years later i am not going to mince words this movie made me put a gun in my mouth no bullets around luckily adam sandler is an utterly worthless human being his body of films have done nothing more than damage to the collective level of human intelligence 
than all the books burned by every fascist regime regime in the 20th century. I hate him. Hate, 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 hate him. <laughs> That's should, some pretty powerful shit that Adam Sandler does that much to you. You should um, buy yourself some bullets. Uh, they cheap now, man. <laughs> they cheap <laughs> AF. Uh, so he up. said every book burned by the fascist regime. Uh, yeah. What did he say exactly? It was, um, Sandler has done, um, yeah, his body of films have, have done more damage to the collective level of human intelligence than all the books burned by every fascist regime of the 20th century. Which was he talking See. about like, you know, like the. Like World War Two, like the, the Nazis burning books that weren't good for Aryans and stuff like that, or I don't necessarily. I know they 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 collected art, and a lot of it got destroyed during World War. I don't remember the burning of books by I know fascist the, regimes. I know the Nazis burned some books, but I don't know. I, I mean, but they, they yet again no references, right? Nobody ever explains so, what they're talking yeah, about. Yeah, burned by. More damage than any book burned by the fascist regime. Okay. Yeah. That's just that's just a weird thing to say. And Adam Sandler's charm and charisma is Adam Sandler. Right, yeah. Uh, that is kind of every comedian's... Any comedian that you can possibly think of, their charm, charisma, and character in every movie is is them. Like, that, that's who you're buying when you watch these movies. As a comedian, you're not a you're not a drama actor. You're not somebody that's trying to play a different character. You're you're yourself trying to sell a comedy. Right. So whenever you go watch, whenever Zach Galifianakis is in a movie, you go watch Zach Galifianakis. Right. You don't go say, well, wonder what he's gonna do. Uh, wonder what character Zach Galifianakis is gonna play. Because spoiler alert, he's going to be playing Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, it's the same thing with like Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Yeah. You'll get different versions of Seth Rogen, but you're still getting Seth Rogen. That's who you're buying. Because you're see, James Franco isn't a comedy guy, so when you go see him in a comedy, it's him being a comedian in that movie. Right. He's not a comedian. He's acting like a comedian, and he does a great job at it. But he's not a comedian. Right. He's an actor. Franco is an actual, just regular actor. Yeah. So whenever you go see. That's why Paul Rudd can be an Ant-Man and uh, Seth Rogen couldn't be in something like Ant-Man because Seth Rogen is a comedian. Paul Rudd is a guy that can do comedy, but also everything else. Right. <laughs> I mean, Paul Rudd's a national treasure. I he think is. We've, we've established that. You watch your <laughs> fucking mouth when you talk <laughs> Put your fucking mouth when you talk about Paul Rudd. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is whenever you, if you don't like Adam Sandler, like this guy clearly doesn't and didn't before he watched this movie. He just wanted to complain about Adam Sandler. On the there, internet, yeah. There's no reason for you to watch an Adam Sandler movie if you're not a fan of Adam Sandler because there's nothing he's going to do in any movie that's going to make you like him. Because you either like, do or you don't. Yeah, like don't mess with the Zohan, ridiculous movies like that. Um, Waterboy. Waterboy. Fucking Little Nicky. Little Nicky is freaking ridiculous. I mean, but it's hilarious. I mean, what? Big like, Daddy. It's like watching. Yeah, Big Daddy. I mean, it's like watching Chris Farley movies. You can't just watch like Tommy Boy and be like, I fucking hate Tommy Boy. 
well, maybe I'll like Black Sheep. You won't. If you <laughs> hate, if you hate Tommy Boy, you're gonna hate Black Sheep. Yep. And you're gonna hate Beverly Hills Ninja. You, yeah. You're gonna if you if you're one of those fucking soulless terrorist demons that hate John Candy. <laughs> yeah, right. You're gonna hate all everything John Candy's in. There's not gonna be something like. Oh, I like John Candy and Home Alone. No, you're gonna fucking hate his part in Home Alone because you're you're a demon and you're soulless and you're also a terrorist. Yeah, and probably like, a pedophile. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, if you hate John Candy, fuck you. Right. <laughs> you can eat a dick. Um, but yeah, it would be like it would be like saying like, okay, well, I I liked you know I like John Candy and Uncle and Uncle Buck, but I don't really dig him in Cool Runnings. It's like. He's still gonna be great no matter what he does. Like, right now, now you can you can like Uncle Buck and not like Cole Runnings, but chances are you still like John Candy and Cole Runnings. Yeah. Because, see, comedians are not complicated. If you like Eddie Murphy, generally you like Eddie Murphy movies. You like right. Beverly Hills Cops. You like Nutty Professor. Right. Which is Jerry Lewis. He was the original Nutty Professor. I, I mean. Yeah. But getting back to that Jerry Lewis comment, yeah, the Jerry Lewis comment, but, but but also bad imitation of Jerry Lewis. Also, Eddie Murphy did it better. So yeah, I mean, I mean Jerry Lewis was good. He was good for you know original comedy His like slapstick time. comedy. Yeah, which is what he was. Jerry Lewis was yeah. He was one of those guys that he he his bread and butter was the slapstick weird comedy. You know, yeah, it's like then Don Knotts and stuff like that. Yeah. Those guys, and were, then we got guys like Robin Williams that could do that. And, yeah, you know, but that be that would be it. saying like, oh, I love I love Mrs. Doubtfire, but I really don't like Robin Williams or something. It's like what? Yeah, but do you like, like Pierce Brosnan in that movie or something? You... <laughs> well, what the fuck was there to like besides him? Besides Robin He's Williams, the reason you watch that. And That's his adorable thing. children. His children yeah. are awesome in that. Movie. Right. But that's the thing about it's like something like Billy Madison is like if you're if you're like, well I watched this but I'm not a fan of Adam Sandler then what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, what are you watching this for? It's an Adam Sandler movie. It's an Adam Sandler. He tells movie. you what movies you can watch at the very fucking first of the movies. If you don't like Adam Sandler, it says Happy Medicine Productions. Right. Turn it off then because yeah. it's his movie. It's like ugh. if you don't like him, then fuck off. See, like this is the thing. Like we we don't like Michael Bay. The only Michael Bay movie that I can, uh, besides Bad Boys, that I can tolerate. I don't give him the credit for that. That's Will Smith and Martin yeah. Lawrence. Their, I mean, their he, charm alone. He's just behind the camera saying, Will Smith, be Will Smith. Martin Lawrence, be Martin Lawrence. I'm a fucking genius. I'm a genius. <laughs> Let's milk the shit out of this forever. Uh, but, like, Fuck besides you. that, because that's not really his work. That is, you know, that is Will and, and Martin Lawrence, right? Um, but the only one that I can tolerate is Armageddon because it's like fucking Bruce Willis and well, it's you know, Bruce Willis and Liv Tyler Liv and Tyler. Ben Affleck, Steve Buscemi. Yeah, yeah, Steve Buscemi. I mean, it's just a great cast. It's a really good cast. And it's, I mean, that movie was written by JJ Abrams. So like that movie I can watch. If, well, if, we like, should really call that one like a JJ Abrams movie. It's really that a JJ He wasn't movie. cleared to direct yet. Right. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> they fucked up. Uh, but that's the thing. It's like when you, when, when you, when I, if I'm looking through something and it says like a Michael Bay production, I'm like, well, I know I'm not going to watch that. Right. And that's the thing. It's like, cause I know people are like, which well, is basically like all 16 be... of the Transformers movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. Um, and then of course he started working with the Ninja Turtles stuff and it's like, please leave my childhood alone. 
just don't fuck with anything that I grew up with. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, but that's the thing. It's like, I know people are probably thinking like, oh, well, you guys are supposed to be, you know, you guys aren't supposed to be hateful. You're supposed to be open-minded. I have seen some of Michael Bay's stuff and I know that I don't like it. I'm not going to sit there. It'd be like somebody saying like, well, okay, so you watch Blood Rain, but did you see other Juve Bullet movies? No, I saw enough off the one to know that I'm probably not going to want to watch anything else that he does. Because his movies are terrible, like, they're not even B movies, they're like D movies. Like, they're terrible. They have no plot, Well, he just does no it for money. tax write-off. That's, yeah, that's not it, really fair to be like, oh, well, you hate those movies and other people like, if you like them, that's fine. But you'll never find a comment from me or John on the internet bringing the ranking of a movie down. Right. Because we don't do that. You watch the movie for yourself and judge for yourself. That's how we're beyond the hate. We yeah. have movies that that we don't care for, but you'll never like catch the original, us. Like the super Mario brothers movie. I can't stand that movie. It's terrible. Yeah. Other it's people do terrible. like it. I, I mean, you know, like, uh, one of your brothers-in-law actually fucking loves that movie. Bruno yeah. fucking loves the Mario brothers movie. And I'm like, it's terrible. It's got awful, but he likes like John Leguizamo or, you know, like Bob Hoskins. I think they were great in the movie. I think all the actors in the movie were good. I think every one of the actors in the movie was good. I just think the movie was dumb. Yeah, the movie was dumb. It doesn't really feel like Mario. It, it feels stupid. It's like, you got the opportunity to do a Super Mario Brothers movie, and this is what you came up with? Yeah, Bob Hoskins is amazing. John Leguizamo, um, uh, um, Dennis Hopper. I mean, they're yeah. all they're all great. I mean, they're all, they're all great. I mean... It's just you, you, Super Mario is something iconic and something that ties into a lot of people's, you know, childhoods, especially people from, you know, they, they, they grew up in the 90s and stuff. So, but you'll never catch us like going and be like, oh, fuck this movie. I will kill myself because of this movie. Nothing's ever gotten that serious. No. They make Transformers movies. We generally ignore them. Yeah. I watched the first one and I was like, no, no thanks. This doesn't. <laughs> I watched Transformers when I was a kid. This is not Transformers. Yeah. This is a bunch of CGI, which you have to have CGI to make this movie. I'm not complaining. That's about, understandable. I'm you not have complaining to. about the CGI, but the entire story is like completely different. Yeah. Because the, the original Transformers cartoon, you didn't see humans involved this much. It was just crazy. Was yeah, weird. the only thing that was slight, but I will say the only thing that was slightly watchable in those movies was Shia LaBeouf. Right. Do it! Just do it! Seriously, Nike, hire the man. Hire him! Damn, <laughs> he will sell all your shoes. But uh, we'll go ahead and we'll take a break here, uh, and then we'll, we'll get into some of the uh, really nitpicky stuff. The Adam Sandler stuff is a little bit more general because you either like Adam or you don't. These people right. obviously don't like him and they're going to just talk about how like, you know, he, his performance is just crazy. Now we'll get into what they particularly don't like about Billy as a character himself. Well, let's get into yeah. it. Yeah. So we'll be right back.
And we're back. That was Creep by Stone Temple Pilots. That's for um, the horny dude. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's just, that was one of the things, like, when I was going back through, I forgot how much of a creep the principal was in this movie. Uh, yeah, wasn't that, um, uh, what's his name from Seinfeld? Uh, no, it's not. Um, it's not. It's not Wayne. Uh, what's his name? Wayne, um. He looks so much like that guy. He looks a lot like that guy, but that is not the dude because oh I always God. used to get him confused with that guy, the guy that played Newman on Seinfeld. Hello, um, Newman. What was it? Was it? It doesn't was, matter. Was, oh, fuck. I, I can't remember his name now off the top of my head. I feel bad now. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but he's not fine. that guy. But I, I, that part where they're doing uh, Valentine's Day and Miss Vaughn was out sick or whatever. And so the principal decided he would take over her class for the day. And it's like, he's looking at all the Valentines and he, like, he flips one open and it's this one girl. And she's kind of like, you know, like sort of waving at him. And he's like, Oh, that's kind of cute. Like these girls have a crush on me. And I'm like a 27 year old dude. And then he flips over the other one. It's another girl. Like she waves at him. And then he flips open the third one. And it says like, uh, it says like, I love you, Billy. It is says like, you know, principal Anderson mm -hmm. <laughs> and he looks up at him and then he looks down and it says like, it's like PS I'm horny. And then he like kind of, he kind of like nods at him. It's like, what the fuck? He's like, what? <laughs> I, I had forgotten about that part like entirely. And then when I was rewatching it, I was, that shit made me bust out laughing. Cause I'm like, Oh God, I totally forgot about that. Well, it comes back at the end because he's like, I'm still horny. And he like starts like humping at him. Like, dry hump him and he's like oh dude, oh, dude, yeah, dude. No. and then bridget wilson's like well if you thought he was horny yeah and it's just like i was like that paid off because that yeah. was sexy as fuck right yeah i mean it's uh veronica vaughn <laughs> this is such a valley girl name yeah but she's not vaughn. a valley girl but it's no. a valley girl name yes definitely veronica yeah um but uh unless it's veronica mars because that's k bell yeah k bell represent yeah Kristen bell um I thought about, uh, because I did want to do something with K-Bell in one of her episodes one time, <laughs> but I also like Dax, so I was thinking Hit and Run, because that was a movie Dax directed with Kristen Bell yeah. as like the main female character, so that's that's a great movie that he directed, but then I was like, I love Employee of the Month. That's like one of my favorite movies, Dax and Dane Cook. Yeah. Talking about nineties comedians, Dane Cook. Right. Uh yeah, he like, was <laughs> Well was Dane nineties? He would be like, He'd be early like 2000. late yeah, late two thousands, maybe think. very late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Because like, you know, early to like mid two thousands. He was in the next era, but he was very he's still going. I mean, yeah. he's still going. He's had but, some issues. Yeah, but I mean, I remember like when he had like the fucking HBO special and stuff, and he was one like, of my favorite things is how he deals with asshole crowd people. Yeah, like that's like my favorite thing about Dane Cook. Yeah, he's like, dude, if you don't shut the fuck up, I will beat your ass. <laughs> he told a dude that like, yeah, I think it was an HBO special too, and he was like, dude, if you don't was shut that, the was fuck up, was that full circle when he had the round stage? I think, so. yeah, 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 circle? the one where he had the, it was like, dude, if you don't shut the fuck up. <laughs> 
He was like, he was like, great. Now the vibe in the room is like, you know, like, you know uh, mommy and daddy are fighting. We're all trying to eat still. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's pretty much what it feels like. And like he just made it like a like part of his bit. Like right. he just he just integrated it in part of his bit, which is something that Adam Sandler ad libs in every movie that he's in. Right. And that's why he needs great actors around him. That's why he always chooses these people around him, like Chris Farley's and. Brigitte Wilson and Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald, <laughs> like like the greatest, one of the greatest ad libbers ever on SNL. Like yeah. he basically like resurrected the um the news yeah. thing at the SNL. Weekend update. The weekend the update. The weekend update is still done to this day is because of Norm. Norm Macdonald just bringing it, crushing back. it because yeah. he did it by himself. Yeah. When everyone else he didn't all, have a co-host. Everyone else had to have a co-host. Tina Fey. You know, and Amy Poehler did it together. Colin Jost and Michael Che, che right yeah. now. Seth Meyers and... Who did Seth Meyers do it with? He did it with somebody. Uh, was they it Sandberg? His... No, Sandberg was never a Weekend Update He never guy. did Weekend Update? I thought he did. He always one. came on the show. And oh, maybe that's what I was thinking. But he, he wasn't always like did an like, for Weekend yeah, Update. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. He's but always a character. Seth Meyers might have actually did it by himself. Did Seth do it by himself? Maybe. That might be one of the reasons he got his own late night show. Seth Myers might have actually been another guy. But Norm was one of the guys that originally did it by himself. And yeah. he could literally do that for like fucking I, I think you could you could have put in those days Norm McDonald. because uh one of the duos was like Phil Hartman and um because Phil Hartman was one of the Weekend Update guys before Norm McDonald. Uh, was he? I don't think he did it for very long, but yeah. I think he right. was on there, yeah. Which he looks like a news anchor. Yeah. Well, Chevy Chase did it way back in the day. Yeah, Chevy Chase. I think he started it. Did Chevy start it? He might have. I, I think yeah, you're Yeah, I right. think Chevy started it. Yeah. Chevy and... Aykroyd? No, not Aykroyd. Yeah, maybe Aykroyd. Unless it was Gilda Radner. It might have been Gilda Radner. Yeah. I forgot now exactly, but... But Chevy was on there. Yeah, he had somebody, though. Chevy had somebody. He had, yeah. He had some. I just don't remember Wasn't who it was. Wasn't one of them, like, Aykroyd and Jane Curtin? I know they did a lot of sketches. Together. I know Aykroyd I did, did it a few times. I don't know if he was a permanent person. Yeah. Because they treated it as a... Back in the day, they treated it as more like a skit. Right. And they would do it sometimes. But Norm MacDonald... I remember it was weekly. It was weekly. I think he's the first person that did it weekly. Yeah, it might be. Uh, I might be wrong on that, but I feel like he was the first person to do it weekly. Like they're just like, this is just a constant. Yeah. His version of it though was, was probably one of the best because of his dry sense of humor. That's great. His dry delivery that he does. Yeah. The other one that was really good was when they had Faye and Polar. That theirs was really, really good. Oh, it's the But best. anything Tina Faye and Polar do together is gonna be magic. I'm so. gonna say Tina and Amy is the, the best ever. As a duo? Yeah. yeah, probably. Yeah. It's just um, too great. They they had too many great topics they were doing. Yeah. Remember <laughs> since we're talking about uh, Adam Sandler here, uh, like remember Opperman? Opperman goodbye. Oh like, yeah. He would do like the singing stuff or whatever. Like that Opperman was fucking great. <laughs> I also remember when, huh, uh, just uh, talking about Adam Sandler to Andy Samberg. You remember on uh, whenever uh, uh, they were doing the weekend update and Andy Samberg came on there as Nicolas Cage. 
Uh, I don't, I don't know if I've seen that one. And it, it, he came on there <coughs> intimidating Nicholas Cage, and then Nicholas Cage showed up. <laughs> actual Nicholas. <laughs> actual Nicholas Cage showed up. Oh wow! <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and it was so good. You guys can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. But we're we're mentioning all this SNL stuff because we're doing an Adam Sandler episode, so right. it's relevant. Right. It's Even just showing... we talk about like uh. Like Will Ferrell, we end up talking about SNL because yeah. that's where he came from, you know. Yeah, you you got to talk about it because this is this is where you understand who Adam Sandler is and why his comedy is like this. It's his, his SNL roots, and you know he's he's an improv at heart, right? So whenever he does movies, he's doing the best Adam Sandler he can be, and if you like Adam Sandler, you enjoy that. Right. If you don't like Adam Sandler, you'll never enjoy that. You might enjoy like, oh, I loved Waterboy, but I hate this, this, and this. why can't he make more movies like Waterboy? Because he's made Waterboy already. He's not gonna make that movie again. Right. Just like you can't make like Little Nicky again. Yeah, you can't make Waterboy two. You can't make Little Nicky two. Like, what are you gonna do with uh, Bobby <laughs> Boucher? What he's the coach now? Yeah. At he, the second movie, like, oh, he takes over as the team's coach. He's not. I mean, the whole plot of the movie is he's not smart enough to even play football. Right. <laughs> Which, and if the NFL showed us anything, smarts d- d- aren't required to be a football player. <laughs> no, not really. Or a coach. Or an owner. Right, yeah. I mean, fucking Jerry Jones owns a team. Right. <laughs> yeah, and... uh you know, Robert Kraft owns a team, and he's like, he's like getting hookers and some thing in yeah, Florida. Yeah, he's basically Fred Smoot, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who would have thought we'd have that connection pop up? But anyway, <laughs> uh, Fred Smoot's party boat. <laughs> that is where all of the action was back in the day. If you if you played for the Vikings back during Fred Smoot's time. You have seen some crazy shit on that boat. I feel like Robert Kraft was there. Yeah, Robert Kraft was like, because he was, uh, I mean, he's he's owned the uh, Patriots since, what, like 96 or something? Oh, yeah, he was, so, on, the, he was he on that was, smoot boat. He was on that smoot boat. He probably financed that smoot boat. Right. <laughs> oh, you're going to have hookers there? Well, take my money. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. I'm old, white, and sad. Right. I'll be there. Yeah. Just think all those Gillette razors you sold over all those years. Just think of how many bushes those have trimmed down <laughs> for the very hookers you probably bought. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Just think of how that comes around. It's like, it's like, how do you shave your cooch? It's like with Gillette. That's my girl. <laughs> Just put feed it, my pockets. <laughs> it's like, a, you know what, your honor? She was shaved with Gillette. So I'm going to chalk that up to a business expense. <laughs> put it all on red. Right. <laughs> That's the circle of life. Right. <laughs> but anyway, uh, we're talking about Adam Sandler. Um, not random cooch in Florida and the owner of the Patriots. Um, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> could have been in this movie. Yeah, he could have been. Um, the Patriots is an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Look at those big cha-chas. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so it says on here, all likability for the Billy Madison character is destroyed after the first few minutes. What's his reason for acting so goofy and simple? How did he become so ridiculously incompetent when he has an immensely successful father? And why does he so often commit random acts of self of senselessness, like throwing dodgeballs at young kids 
and even making his shampoo and conditioner argue in the bathtub. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> um, those questions can all be answered with for a laugh. Billy Madison's formula is contrived and hopelessly unremarkable. Its humor stems directly from laughing down at the character when we wonder if he can actually help it or not. Sandler's screen presence grows stale and unbelievably intolerable after only a few short minutes, and we are left with an implausible story, a monotonous line of events, and a character we feel nothing for. I am astonished when people call this the best Adam Sandler movie, which is in quotes. Uh, the only scene I actually liked was the peeing in the pants scene, and that was because the scene actually contained something in the way of pathos and actually had something to say. It's a pity uh, there were not more examples of this in the rest of the movie. A fine businessman he is, a writer and a comedian he is not. His childlike behavior amongst the toddlers is hard to deal with. Is he really an overgrown child, or is there something wrong someplace? Seems the suits just wanted another Friday Night Flick sob story. Uh, they had a chance to make a pretty darn good movie. Why not have the guy confidently go back to grammar school, but then uh, find that the world has changed? Man, school is hard. These kids are pretty sharp. This was made before PCs took over for the teacher, uh, but a lot more could have been done with a generation gap developed over seven years or so. Another very disturbing aspect is that so many child actors are used in this hypersexual enterprise. Possibly his writers and directors should shudder more of the blame, as most of the film seems to have been made up on the fly with near-constant changes of direction as if they were bored with the way the story was going and started afresh without bothering to change the previous sections. Some, seems, some scenes seem quite superfluous, while others are clearly rushed, packing in as much story and character development as possible without simply holding up a card saying, this guy just did something bad and will now pay for it. This motherfucker is talking about pathos in a movie that's literally about a rich kid having to go back through school to graduate so he can take over his dad's business. Right. So, and that's the thing I think people... That's a ridiculous story. It's a ridiculous story. It's he's a, not real. Yeah. is a 27-year-old dude, and... One of the things I think people, they're like, why does he act like this? And it's like this for somehow and some miraculous, you know, weird thing in the universe going on is that we just had the whole scandal that broke out about rich parents paying for kids getting into colleges. Right. So the thing is, is you have this whole generation of enabling parents that are either rich or influential, have power, whatever. Lori Laughlin. Yeah. Like Lori Laughlin. Right. Aunt Becky. Um, she, that's the thing with like Lori Laughlin, right? Is that she's, she's an actress. She was on full house. She's on fuller house now, or at least she is until she possibly gets fired because of the scandal. Who knows? Um, but Netflix doesn't back down until they back down completely. Right. Yeah. Constantly. Bunch Nobody makes fuck. me bleed my own blood. Nobody. Nobody until they bleed their own blood. Yeah. A bunch of cowards. Right. How do you delete a scene? from one of your best movies which is the bird box because a bunch of fans complained about it you know what if i ran netflix i'd be like fuck you don't watch the movie right oh well it's making our teenage kids want to try this scene in the i haven't watched the movie they want to try this, this scene in the movie it's like well tell you you should have raised your kids better they sound like a bunch of tards right 
Well, so that's the thing. It's like there's even a kid in the movie that says, like, I don't know. I think he's supposed to be, like, retarded or something. You know, and it's like this is the movie from 95, so the use of the word retarded seems normal for 95, right? No, it was, it was still bad for 90. That's what people forget. Right. It was still bad for 95, but we have, in American language, we have what is called context. Right. Which means we can use the same words and they mean different things right this is something that exists in our language the americanized version of english right we have same words like i could say you're retarded that's offensive i can say that's retarded that's not offensive because i'm talking about something that's happening not a person right you know so that's two different examples of the same word but it's context so if the new generation doesn't understand what context is. That's not my fault. That's the school system's fault. That's the school system's fault. That's parenting. Right. You want to be offended about everything. You're just making shit up now. These words exist for a reason. Right. Some words shouldn't exist, but they do exist. And they exist and they get used. You have to teach your kids what words to use. And you have to teach your kids how to use certain words. And what they mean. <laughs> what effect they have. But that's the thing. School it's like, system's not going to do everything. No. You've got to do some shit, too. Get off your lazy fucking asses and be a parent. And that's the thing <laughs> about this movie is that Billy's dad seems like an enabling parent, right? Because he's 27. He's, like, literally, like, probably never had a job, or at least you don't get any indication that he's ever had a job. Who's a better dad? Uh, Billy's parent or Tommy's parent from Tommy Boy? Oh, I would say I would say Big Tom. Big Tom, but they kind of have the same issue. His son, they're, they're kind of enabling, and they kind of let their son kinda, skate by. But the only difference is, uh, Big Tom knew inevitably that uh, you know Tommy was going to come back to him to work for him. Right. That's what he knew that was going to happen. Once he, he got out of college, he was like, once he's done with college, he's going to come work for me. And then eventually I'm going to retire and leave the company to Tommy. Yeah. He just to needs to go to college. He doesn't have to be a genius. They're making break fads. He yeah. just needs to know enough. He just needs to know enough about business. He's going to have people around him. He just needs to be experienced enough to be able to how to yeah. handle people. So and big, eventually at the very end of the story, he gets that kind of maturity. Yeah, he does. And that's the thing with Billy, Billy. never does at the end of this movie. He's just like, I'm going to leave it to that guy. I'm going to college. <laughs> I'm going to go to college because I want to be a teacher. And it's like, that's that's him starting to like realistically try to be like a more grown yeah. adult. But if you think about it, like his dad is the owner of the like, medicine hotel chain, which I guess in this universe is like the Hilton's, right? Well, that's actually. The idea. I, unless you have notes about that, you might. Yeah, so. Because uh, was, he, was he based off of like an actual like real life? I always thought he was supposed to be based off of like. Uh, the 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 guy who created the Hiltons, but. kinda. Uh, but it gets a little, <laughs> it's a little bit more ridiculous than that. Uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to find my notes here real quick. Um, yeah, oh, oh, hold on one second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out which page You're hearing it's on. Pages just shuffling in the in the audio now. Every day I'm but shuffling. Every day I'm shuffling. But uh, but that, that's one of the things that's like when you have like somebody who is as rich as, you know, Mr. Madison is the, you know, the 
yeah, he, senior Madison. He owns 650 hotels. 650 hotels, okay. It's Which like means he owns more than Hilton, Marriott, and Radisson combined. Combined? Oh, shit. <laughs> so he would be worth, ooh, probably... A lot of fucking money. 20, 20 billion, maybe? 50 billion? Yes. Yeah, Something so, like that? Like, so, he would be worth a good chunk with that many hotels. Yes. Yeah, because so. they even say in the movie that he has, what, 61,000 employees? Because Eric makes the whole thing. He's like, you're going to trust the fate of 61,000 employees to somebody like Billy, you know, who like, makes his shampoo and his conditioner argue in the bathtub. Like, that's really the guy that you're going to leave the company to. And, yeah. the, and also, during the dodgeball scenes, Adam Sandler was hitting those kids as hard as he could with the dodgeball. Like, full strength? It looks like he's hitting them for real. And they had to cut, they, they cut it. They had to cut away quickly because some of the kids were crying. Okay, <laughs> I mean it's like in context though that makes sense that he would be he would be blasting him because he's a grown man with a, against a bunch of first graders. Yeah, of course he's gonna destroy them in dodgeball because <laughs> of his strength. I mean alone. And then during the bus scene where like Chris Farley is like turning red and everything, yeah. he's like turning this bus brown, you know, and all yeah. this stuff. And it's, that was that was totally a Chris Farley thing. Yeah. No one told him to do it. No, that was not in the script. The whole little back part was just Chris Farley and the cameras were just rolling and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll just use that. All just that. Keep that footage. Every bit of that. <laughs> Cause it's Chris Farley going into like a rage. That's always golden for a yeah. movie, you know? And then the scene where Norm got Norm McDonald's character is drunk. Norm McDonald was drunk in that scene. Okay. For real. Well, he's drunk pretty much the entire movie. Basically. Yeah. There was character. one scene where he's really drunk, and he was really drunk for that scene. Yeah. He got drunk for that scene. It's called but method n- acting. Not like you have to give Norm Macdonald an excuse to get drunk, but when you do, he will get drunk. Yeah. And he normally does get drunk. Norm <laughs> McDonnelly. <laughs> normally, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is like I, you know, when I was thinking, I was thinking about this earlier, and I was like, why is it that Billy acts the way he does? And it's because he's never had responsibility. He's basically he's always been a little kid because he's never had a job, he's never had to pay bills, he's never had to. He didn't go to college, right? He just he got out of high school and he basically just kind of like lived in his dad's mansion. I feel like he he would be like uh, Richie Rich if he grew up. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what the, they were going with with this movie. It's like, what if Richie Rich was an adult instead of how he's always, uh, you know, shown in TV shows. Like and a little kid. The movies where he's a kid and he's doing these things. What if he became an adult? He'd just be kind of a spoiled brat. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like because he's never had to worry about anything. His dad's always taking care of stuff. And I thought it was kind of funny how, like, that whole – you know, college admission scandal and like, you know, wealthy parents paying for their kids' grades and paying for them to get into schools and to get admitted and stuff like that. It's kind of funny because like he admits to Billy, he was like, he's like, you think you got high through, got through high school on your own? He's like, no, I paid your teachers off to make sure that your grades were okay and you made it through. And because Billy is like, well, I graduated, you know, and he was like, yeah, you didn't really graduate. I, your grades sucked. I paid your teachers off and stuff to make sure that you made it because I knew you were an idiot. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like a lot of this falls on to the parenting of Billy because his, you know, his mom's not around and his dad basically just kind of lets him do whatever. And then all of a sudden he, then he's aggravated about how Billy acts. And it's like, 
well, you knew like when he was younger that he was he was right. never going to have responsibility. So it's like this is one of the, the this is what happens when you have like parents that don't really pay attention to their kids and they don't pay attention to their growth. Yeah. You get situations like this where he's a 27 year old dude that fucking you know he like he hallucinates a fucking penguin when he drinks. Like that's some shit that actually happens in the movie, and he well, makes an ass of himself. Chris of... Farley makes out with that penguin at the end of the movie. Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Um, yeah, uh, everybody. And did you to... notice that the one dude tried to make out with a kid? Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was, was so a, weird. One of, one of Billy's uh, friends, the the other guy, the, the chubby friend. Yeah, he was trying he to was make, trying out, make with out with, with one of the one of the one of the girls. And she was like, no. And no. he was like, oh, and he's just standing there. Yeah. Sad. I was like, because everybody was kissing, you know? And I was like, that's a, that's like a kid. <laughs> yeah. Cause didn't miss Lippy and the, uh, miss Lippy and, um, was it Norm McDonald? Like, didn't they get together or something? Yeah. Uh, she got together with somebody that was like, no, she got together with Steve Buscemi's character. The, the was black it? lady, uh, the miss Lippy. She was like the, uh, the first grade teacher. No, she got she got with Norm, and then the big black was lady got with uh, Steve Buscemi. With Steve Buscemi, which was Danny McGrath. He was like the sniper. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's uh, <laughs> what was her name? Juanita. The the Juanita. Uh, yeah, they were. The, uh, they look like they're about to bang for real. Oh, she was horny for Billy like the whole movie. She was like, "You want me to take my top off?" He was like, "That's not necessary." No. <laughs> She's yeah. like, well, the offer's on the table if you ever need it. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, but, uh, Steve um, Buscemi shot that dude in the ass at the end of the movie. Shot Eric and in the ass. Yeah. And Billy Madison, Billy was like, I'm glad I called that guy. <laughs> yeah. Good thing I called that guy. <laughs> um, I, I always thought that was funny when he when he calls him and he was like, yeah, he was like, you know, it's like, I, you know, it's Billy Madison. I don't know if you really remember me, but I was like a total like, you know, jerk off to you in high school and. I'm sorry, I, you know, I I was just a dumbass kid, I didn't know what I was doing, and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, no, nah, man, don't worry about it, it's all good, you know? And then he hangs up, and he just kind of like, he takes that lipstick and just kind of, <laughs> yeah. just kind of runs the lipstick around his mouth, and he just kind of like lays back and thinks. And then uh, that's after he goes over to like his list, and he has like the list of people to kill, and he just sort of strikes off Billy like, okay, well, Billy's not an asshole anymore, so okay. <laughs> I won't kill him. The rest of the names on the list were all ca- uh, crew members. And crew members. Baby. Okay, I was wondering. I was going to ask, okay, if that list has significance. Like if that's people that like Sandler knew or somebody. Yeah, so they all worked on this movie. crew members. So all those other people are going to die. Right. <laughs> By Steve Buscemi's hands. By yeah. his hands. So, in real life. Right. Um, but that's, that's just the thing. It's like I think, you know, when you – because you have like these these kids nowadays that that's you know what happens when you have parents that don't pay attention to them you know that they they never really grow up they never become mature and it's weird how billy starts to understand that he needs to be more mature and responsible and grown up when he's around a bunch of kids because he sees how kids act and it's almost like oh shit man i i act just like these kids you know, and it's okay if you want to have fun and you want to enjoy your life. Everybody needs to do that. You know, if you're not enjoying your life, then what are you doing? But, you know, to the point where he's like blackout drunk every day and he just literally does nothing but just gets, you know, just blitz drunk. And he just, you know, it's like his uh, dad says, it's like, you know, you can you know go back to your days of daiquiris, uh, 
you know, was it Daiquiri's uh, Stroke Mags and Nintendo or whatever. <laughs> and it's like, that's basically what his life is. It's like video games, it's porn, and it's drinking. Like, that's really all his life is. And he has no direction, nothing. And it's like, and then you wonder why he acts like a little kid. It's like, because he's never, he's never had to grow up. You know, he's never had to be a responsible adult. And that's what happens when you don't have responsibility. You see spoiled kids all the time that never had like a real childhood and have no clue how to deal with regular society. Exactly. And before we take another break, before we get to our end here, I want to read because it was very successful. Listen to our Rotten uh, Tomatoes episode. I'm going to read a critic's. Of Rotten Tomatoes review of this movie. Okay. Uh, a small review. I'm not going to read this whole review. I'm just going to read a small version of it. This is Ian Nathan of Empire Magazine. This was written of March 30th, 2019. Okay. Wow, that was just a few days ago. He wrote this a review about Billy Madison <laughs> in 2019. And he starts... Like 24 years late. <laughs> where Dumb and Dumber was clever enough to play dumb to amuse the child and all of us, this suffers under the illusion that just having a central character blissfully unaware of the need for a brain is actually a funny concept. Wait, so he's saying that Dumb and Dumber was great for what it was, but Billy Madison is terrible? Yes. They're like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> Like, if you watch Dumb and Dumber, it, it's almost like what if what if Billy was like had a best friend that was also just as retarded as he is? Yeah, that's what Dumb and Dumber is, and I love Dumb and Dumber. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's probably my favorite Jim Carrey movie of all time. It's, I will it, almost say that it's like if Adam Sandler knew Kevin James at this point in his life. Yeah, what this movie would have been. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and that's where we will get, we we will leave you guys before this break before we come back to wrap it up. Right. <laughs> Just let that sink in. Like Dumb and Dumber, but Billy Madison was too much, too much for this guy. This was Empire Magazine. Empire. And why the fuck is he doing this in 2019? I don't know. <laughs> was he just like, you know what? I, I have not enough shit to do. I'm going to write a review on Billy Madison. Okay, anyway, we're going to take a break and let Jesus. our let our brains reset for a minute and then we'll come back. <laughs> also the legendary ACDC. Yep. Uh, Bon Scott. Gone, but not forgotten. Um, Love you, Bon Scott. Here's a glass clang. (laughs) 
Yeah, there's a little. You. <laughs> clink, clink. Because we, we're, we're not one of those shows that pretend we're drinking the stuff while we're doing it. We are drinking the stuff while we're doing it. Yeah. And sometimes if we go off on like a weird tangent, it's probably because we're a little, little, just a little toasty. We've actually <laughs> been good on this episode, I think, by keeping it in category. Right, yeah. Because sometimes we, we will ramble. And then I look at the runtime and I'm like, oh, fuck, we just like rambled for like 40 minutes. Yeah, so if, you know, you're not used, you know, if you're not used to ADD, this is probably not the show for you. Yeah, because we we do have some Because we suffer from it, like, severely. One recording, Uh, yes, uh, (laughs) because we we like to talk. But anyway, um, speaking of big balls, (laughs) right? I always thought it was funny, like, when they're doing the... um, uh, the the little competition at the end between uh, Billy and Eric, and he like uh, pushes him over the bench, and like he like falls back, and the, those kids on the other <laughs> bench are like, he's like, dude, did you see his balls? He's like, oh, weird, weird. <laughs> oh man, I just wish, like in my head when I watched it again, I know I know that it didn't really exist yet. I just wish that was like Jay and Silent Bob. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude, did you see that fucking dude? <laughs> Did you see that fucking dude's balls? Yo, lunchbox. Like, did you see that dude's fucking balls? Did you see like Bob just like nodding his head? It's just like, and then like shaking his head, no, like that yeah. was gross or whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, look at that fucked up shit. <laughs> look at that dude's fucking balls. It's disgusting. Yeah, you can just imagine Jay going off about that. That would be, <laughs> that would be great. Hey, dude, cover up your fucking balls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. This was '95, so that was Mallrats. Yeah. So Jay and Silent Bob could have happened. They could have merged it. They could have merged the universes. The the Happy Madison. I would love for Sandler Kevin universe. Smith and Adam Sandler to work together still to this day. Yeah. I would love for that combo. Isn't to Adam Sandler from New Jersey? Aren't they both from New Jersey? I know. I, I mean, I know Kevin Smith is, but. Wait, is, is Kevin from? Smith from New Jersey? He's never mentioned that in any of his movies. Uh, yeah, before, no, right? you, you have to you have to look it up on Wikipedia, <laughs> you know, to understand that's where he's from. He's the one guy you literally don't have to look up anything about. Right, he's put no. it all in his movies. <laughs> yes, I mean, he like when he was doing the evening with Kevin Smith, he would always, you know, he would wear like the New Jersey Devils hockey jerseys and stuff like that. Like and he, Jersey Girl got like a the bad fucking review. People were like, this movie was awful. And years and years later, because before you realized like like these sites like Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb was just like a con. Like you would listen like, oh wait, that movie was that bad, right? Like you'd be like, well, you know. I the guess only reason I, that I think that got the negative publicity because it was wrapped up in that whole Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez thing. Yeah, Geely and the all Gilly that. Geely because they got stuff. wrapped up in that, and it's like Jersey Girl's not a terrible movie. That's got like George Carlin in it. And yeah. Ben Affleck's great in that movie. His the the person that plays his daughter is amazing. Like everything about that movie, like you watch it and you just there's a lot of there's some it's a really good it's like a, a dramedy. You know, it's it's got some funny parts. It's serious. Like it's to me, like other than chasing Amy, which I would consider Ben Affleck's best role he's ever done, except Phantoms. He was the bomb in Phantoms. Ben Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms, <laughs> though, for real. <laughs> I mean, fucking chase- Reindeer Games. <laughs> reindeer Games. That's that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's like you know what Matt Damon's best movie was? Rounders. Right. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what? That was a good movie, except Malkovich's really horrible Russian accent. 
No. Uh, but that was, that was like, you know, only like 60 minutes in the movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, anyway. <laughs> but, you know, like Jersey Girl just gets a bad rap, I think. If people gave it a shot, they'd realize it's one of the better movies Affleck's made. Uh, one of the better ones that Kevin's made, too. Yeah. Chasing Amy, also. Yeah. Amazing. Um, I don't know, and I think that... <laughs> Mall Rats is my... That's that's my bay though. That's the mall rats. Yeah. <laughs> that's where it's all at. Stan Lee, Stan Lee's in it. I it's mean, a sailboat. <laughs> it's a sailboat. <laughs> yeah. Um. What's well, uh Ethan Suplay. Ethan Suplay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's oh man, he's so amazing. And yeah. little Trish the dish. Nobody calls her that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's like uh, but I think that's one thing about like um. Sandler in particular is that like a lot of times his movies get like really crushed by critics because I think with some critics it's like they just think of his humor as being juvenile and stupid and it's like look some humor humor is juvenile and stupid that's kind of the appeal of it right but it's like to say that like everything that he does is just like terrible it's like no I mean, if the man wasn't talented, would he still have fans? You know, like we wouldn't here be sitting here doing this podcast if we didn't, you know, like Adam Sandler. There'd be no reason we'd be sitting here defending him for like an hour and a half, you know, two hours, whatever, if we didn't like the man. It's like every time we work on something, it's because we have, you know, an appreciation for what they do. And that's the thing is like when you look at people who critique movies for a living they become very jaded because they see so many movies they're they start like thinking about like well okay i'm have to analyze this for my work they just don't sit down and just enjoy a movie anymore yeah, like so that's you just dead with reviewers you can't um you can't trust those people because they're viewing it as a job and you know right. yourself as a person that has a job hopefully uh <laughs> contribute to the economy right uh, <laughs> don't be a bum contribute get a fucking job okay but you know you know the difference between having something that you just enjoy doing and then having a job whenever it becomes a job which is something that you just do because you have to it's a paycheck you don't enjoy it. you're just you're just going through a process and that's how critics view things they yeah. they people that even going to movies saying like, Oh shit, I hope this movie's good. I mean, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. It, it's you're almost already, like you're already ready to nitpick. And we, you know, I think everyone's fell into that trap at some point in their life. Whenever you're young and you're a teenager, you just be like, Oh fuck that movie fucking sucked. Fuck that movie. You know, whatever about that movie. But yeah, when you, when you start growing up and you realize what the movie is and, you know what type of movies you're watching you're just not like hey you know i hate um you know i don't really hate any type of genre of movies like i'd say musicals but there's a couple of them that i kind of like like sweeney todd and you know musicals yeah. is probably the one that i i don't really give a shit about yeah Do I don't, I hate I musicals don't, no no i mean i'm not, I'm not saying i, I like musicals, i just don't watch them i don't sweeney care. todd's really great with johnny depp and helen bonner carter that's just a yeah. movie that i enjoy watching uh i mean i guess and like, then like uh neil patrick harris he did the what dr horribles 
the Dr. What, Horribles or whatever. Yeah, and like, if a lot of people said that was really good because it's like a, you know, because he, he's like a like a crazy scientist guy, and he, you know, he, it's like it's all musical based, you know, and it's like if you like musicals, that's fine. There's people who fucking love musicals, and that was that's that's their jam. That's what they like to watch, you know. Like I don't really like horror movies. The only horror movies that I will be okay watching would be like the Hellraiser movies. And I think it's because I just, I love fucking Doug Bradley so much as Pinhead that it's like, if he's not doing them, it's like, there's no point. Now there are some of the Hellraiser movies that are kind of rough to watch. Some of the later ones get a little rough to watch. Like Deader was okay, but uh, there's that one that they did where it's like Pinhead's in like maybe 10 minutes of the movie. And it's like, it doesn't feel like a Hellraiser movie. It feels it's like not. a cheap horror movie they threw Pinhead into because they had to. And that's exactly what it was when I looked it up. You know, like some of those movies, the reason that they're bad was because they weren't designed to be Hellraiser movies. It's just like any Friday the 13th movie without Jason's mom in it. It's just bullshit. Right. <laughs> because she was the original killer. Right. But uh. <laughs> that's the thing. It's like a lot of times it's like the reason why these movies have a tendency to fail is because they might have been adapted from something that, you know, wasn't a good idea in the first place or they, you know, they, they took the story and they just fuck with it. And then it's like, OK, well, it's like when we when we did the uh, ultraviolet movie, right, which I, I need to probably repost because uh, there's a bunch of these episodes I have that I just have waiting that you know, could see the light of day again. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the radio waves go out through the universe. So aliens have heard this before people on earth have at this point. Yeah, exactly. Um, so somewhere, <laughs> somewhere there's an alien listening to us do. It's like, you know, okay, the one I don't know what this is. It's like, I want to see who this Kate Beckinsale is. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so they're invading and when you do see her, you're going to realize that she's smoking hot. Um, and they will save us. We just saved the planet. Right. But uh, exactly <laughs> with the power of our own voices. Because we told we told the aliens about Kate Beckinsale's yes. hotness, so yeah. they're like, "We won't kill them all." Yeah, we won't kill them all. Uh, we'll only kill Colin Farrell. But that was one of the things. <laughs> he, he won't make it. He'll be gone. I'm just but, kidding. Uh, he can live. He can live. He's, yeah. he's fine. He's yeah. he's Irish. Yeah, um, we Irish have to stick together. Yes. Um, but uh, I will fist fight Colin Farrell. <laughs> Because I like them, right? Yeah. Like yeah, Irish people fight. It's like hugging. Um, so <laughs> that should be like a T-shirt. <laughs> I'll punch him right in his eyebrow. Right? Yeah. His really the one, thick eyebrows. The one eyebrow. <laughs> the one eyebrow, though, right. not the other. I don't want to fuck everything up. All right. Um, but what was the thing that like popped up when we were doing like you were doing the research on Ultraviolet is that. Kurt Wimmer had like most of his movie fucked with by the studio. Yeah. They were like, they cut out entire sections and people were like, some of the storyline stuff seems like it just jumps too much. And the theatrical cut, because the studio was like, nah, we're just going to fuck with this. And usually Mila Jovovich sits in and helps edit most of the movies that she's They're in. like, Nope, you can't do that. There's, they were like, they cut her out of the editing process. So she's like, She's like, I liked working with Kurt Wimmer and I liked the process of making that movie, editing it. They can go fuck themselves. That's why that nobody ever thought about trying to make like a sequel because Kurt Wimmer is like, they just fuck with my movie. I don't have the patience to deal with these people. <laughs> and it's like, and it was a pretty good movie. And what we did get was still pretty good. Was it as good as it could have been? Yeah, who knows? I mean, with the, the extra added on stuff that they cut out, you probably could have had a way better cut of that movie. But the thing is, is that like sometimes extenuating circumstances affect these movies and then 
when somebody reviews it without knowing the context of it, they're like, well, this movie is stupid because it jumps around too much and it makes big logic jumps, you know, where you're going from one scene to another and you're not sure what's going on. And it's like, well, if you don't tell people that in your little thing that you write on your newspaper or your, you know, your magazine article or whatever you're reviewing out of, you know, your website, your blog, whatever, if you're a reviewer and you're a, a, a movie critic and that's what your job is, you should also tell people like, okay, look, this movie, maybe it's not what you're thinking it is because the studio fucked with the director's vision. So it's like, don't flame Kurt Wimmer on this because, you know, the studio got involved. That's and not going to happen though, because everything today seems like it's coming good from a good place, but everything's coming out of anger. Right. It's just like, uh, like an example of talking about a movie from a good place is like, have you ever heard um, Ron Reynolds talk to Josh Brolin? They're kind of like insulting each other. Uh, uh, have oh, you ever heard the Deadpool stuff? Yeah, through the Deadpool stuff, and uh, Josh Brolin or Ron Reynolds was insulting Josh Brolin, and Josh Brolin was like. Have you ever seen Green Lantern? <laughs> and Ron Reynolds is like, no, I haven't. Right. And he's like, I don't think the editor watched that movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, roasted. So Ron Reynolds will never work. <laughs> Warner no. Brothers again. You know, I, I mean, his, his his new corporate daddy is is uh is, is Disney, so I it's think Disney. he's okay. Yeah. So I, he could make Deadpool probably forever, and he'll be fine. <laughs> If he doesn't do anything else but just yeah. be Deadpool, I think he'll be good. But um, and Josh Brolin tried to insult him by saying something like, uh, "Ron Reynolds was a child actor or whatever," and he's like, "This is coming from the person that made the Goonies." Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "How do you get shown up by Sean Austin?" Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean Astin is a fucking national treasure. Damn it. He in case is. You, in his, case you his fucking his, reviewers don't realize this. His question was. How do you get shown up by Sean Astin? My question is, how do you not? How do you not? <laughs> Ask Frodo movie, about that it, shit. Samwise was a hero. <laughs> Samwise was the, he was OG. He was original gangsta. You know, when you talk about OGs and like, you know, like G's in the hood and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Gangsta's old school. Talking ever, about Leprechaun talk about in Sam, the hood. Oh. Samwise. Yeah. Gamgee. You, you remember know? that movie? Leprechaun in the hood. Leprechaun in the hood. Remember Who did we, it have in it like exhibit and uh, Did it have Snoop Dogg in it? Uh, it might have, I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know. If it's a if it's That a, was ridiculous. It if was it's like, a bad gangster movie, it might have exhibit in it. That that would make sense. I don't think I think they couldn't afford Snoop Dogg, so let, let's get exhibit. His career is over. Yeah, he is gonna be way he cheap. He did that Pip My Ride show and turns out that was all fake. Right. Like that whole show was fake. Yeah, I had a feeling that there was probably some stuff they were fucking with on that show because it's like those weren't actual people, were they? They just randomly chose those. People. No, and a lot of people that they did actually choose never got a working car back. Yeah, because they put fifty thousand dollars worth of bullshit. But <laughs> you can't drivable. actually put a pit my ride. It's like no. it's like yo, we heard you like aquariums, so we put a fucking aquarium in the car. It's like I can't drive around with you're a gonna, ship. You're gonna drive. I deliver pizzas I in the ride. I know you like fish, so fish are now in your steering wheel. Right. It's like what if I wreck? Now I'm gonna have fucking fish and water all and over glass me. Glass in my chest. Yeah, it's fucking glass you took the everywhere. airbag out and put a fish tank <laughs> as my steering wheel. 
this will kill me. Right. <laughs> this is not safe. <laughs> a lot of the stuff wasn't even drivable. Like, you couldn't even crank the vehicle after you got it. Yeah. That was bullshit. Like, a lot of... I mean, it was all bullshit. The point of a car is that you drive it. Yeah, not living it. <laughs> Like uh, a van down by the river. Down by the river. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's get to the last so, comment. Let's wrap um, it up. Wrap it up, B. Yeah. Um, wrap it up, B. Um, uh, <laughs> for those of you who saw the pop copy training video. <laughs> Yo, I'm the manager. Anyway. <laughs> I gotta go take a shit. <laughs> right. <laughs> sister, sister, I gotta go take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> what did he just... <laughs> it was fucking Michael Rappaport. I Michael Rappaport is awesome. <laughs> um, but uh, so it says, um, since we were talking about story stuff, right? Okay. Uh, in order to inherit his father's hotel empire, 20 something idiot boy, Billy Madison. <laughs> 20 something idiot boy. <laughs> 20 something idiot. Doesn't he have a tattoo of that in the movie? Is that where he got 20, it from? It's right above his ass. It's his tramp yeah, stamp. Yeah, it's his tramp stamp. 20 something idiot, idiot boy. boy. <laughs> I can see that. Uh, Billy Madison. <laughs> I've got that image stuck in my head. Great. <laughs> Fuck you, imagination. I can't focus now. Uh, must promise his father uh, that he'll repeat grades 1 through 12 in six months and graduate, or the empire will fall to a business acquaintance uh, named Eric. Uh, we di- we discovered... Fucking Eric. We dis- <laughs> fucking Eric. Uh, we discover Billy can't even spell rock. <laughs> Uh, how then are we sub- uh, expected to believe this imbecile who fills his days with daiquiris, stroke mags, and Nintendo can accomplish this, his task in six months? About now the speechlessness starts. This is not an underprivileged person deprived of getting the breaks and so therefore feeling at life. Billy is an enabled douchebag whose father paid off teachers to pass him and who refused to educate himself until his inheritance was at stake. At which point he suddenly wants to turn over a new leaf only to inherit the riches. This is not a nice man. He is neither hero nor anti-hero. He is a waste of space. And the directionless movie can't even make up its mind on how to portray him. Because even though it disparages higher learning at every turn, the disparagement is in direct opposition to the plot of the movie itself, where Billy needs to graduate. uh, That is, uh, i.e. display that he has learned in order to claim his inheritance. Also, the smoking hot blonde first grade teacher, which she's not a first grade teacher. She's a third grade teacher. Get your grades right. Get your shit correct. Uh, Instead of considering him the illiterate moron he is for trying to pass first grade, falls for him. Well, we all know she's attracted to a a multi-billionaire son for his personality, right? Naturally, with this type of plot, there has to be a bad guy. And the bad guy here is Eric, who stops at nothing to prevent Billy from prevailing at the challenge he's been set uh, by his father and naturally gets uh, about trying to scupper Billy's chances at, at succeeding. In this instance, it is the head teacher that is used as a plot device as Eric digs up some dirt on him. One thing, real quickly before I finish, he is not the head teacher. He is the fucking principal of the school. So this person has gotten a lot of shit wrong. Anyway, um... Uh, although the reveal here uh, is imaginative, it is utterly ridic- uh, utterly ludicrous and not even remotely believable. There are also things in here that feel a bit random, such as an impromptu sing-song in The Fountain, which felt more at home in a musical than a, a final act, that again was more stupid than funny. And it's like, if you're going to critique the movie, 
and you forget that Vaughn, Miss Vaughn, is a third grade teacher, and that the first grade teacher, his first grade teacher, was Miss Lippy, right? Um, if you paid attention during the movie, you know that she's the third grade teacher. So right off, he's just kind of either he's just coming up with that out of his ass, or he wasn't really paying attention. And to think that the head teacher was Mr. Anderson, uh, it's not. He's the principal. <laughs> okay. So when you're writing a movie, what happens when you have a character that the the description that he had of Billy Madison at the first? Yeah. That's pretty he's much not a good guy. On. Yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of a, a douchebag. Yeah. But what happens in movies? What's the point of movies? You have a character. Yeah. And they have an arc. Arc. <laughs> Steve literally drew that shit on a sheet of paper. Only I can see this, but he literally drew character and then he drew a big arc. And then I drew an arc. So, Billy Madison's the good guy because he has a character arc. He is a lazy, no good for nothing rich kid that doesn't want to do anything until, you know, the fate of the company. He kind of gets kicked in the ass when he realizes he's going to lose everything to Eric. But then he chooses to, to change. And then... Bridget Wilson's character helps him change. Yeah, she literally and, kicks his ass to get him to to stay yeah. on his path. Yeah, and that's where they fall for each other. Where he is also charming and fun, and then he is trying his hardest to be better. So that's a character. That's just a classic story. I mean, literally, this is something you could go uh, to. Let's say. Uh, Let's say you can go to any college or you can go to New York University and study method method acting and you can this is this is a class you'll have to Adam Sandler went there. Uh this right. this <laughs> is something that you would learn there that the base of the script is you have to have a starting point to it and you have to have an arc for characters. That's a crisis why, point. Yeah. What do they do during a crisis and then how do you resolve? So this is basically script 101 stuff which is where you want to keep 90s comedy really i mean that's really where you want to keep any comedy in my opinion you want to keep it you you have uh, i mean i know you can't see it but if i was teaching a class i would say in comedy you have a point a and then you have the middle and then you have a point b that you're trying to get to there's no reason for like these side like spin-offs of a comedy you you just have a simple like 10 things i hate about you they have here's where you start and here's where you end right they, it doesn't have to have twists and what's and turns. funny is how you get to that point yeah i mean this is an inception you, this isn't a, the <laughs> dramedy or a side dramedy which is, i guess that's what inception is is this section really that funny though? It's not. No, really not. Funny. I'm, not I'm not saying. Uh, I'm saying a sci-fi drama. Oh. Uh, and then E, I guess. Uh, Biggie okay. Langston. Uh, no. <laughs> Who doesn't exist? Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm just saying, comedy is pretty simple. You start here, you end there. You you have some type of character art. I mean, even like ridiculous movies, like not another teen movie. They follow the same concept. They start. The characters at one point and they stop at another and the comedy in between is what builds the movie right to the climax and that's that's how you, you that's how a comedy is supposed to go it's like an action movie 
yeah, yeah action movie is basically the same way you have a bunch of action stars you have a villain in the middle you build up to the final fight and then at the end you have that fight right and then it's over <laughs> that's literally the fucking expendables that is expendables is basically like action movie 101 this is how yeah. you do it this is how you do it this is this how, how you, you do it. it yeah so shout out to montel jordan <laughs> legend <laughs> yeah we're keeping this shit 90s yeah a legend for one song but still a legend it's still a legend though any he's house party that if you're doing 90s r&b you have to fucking play montel jordan he's legendary like the repo man that was for you simon miller yeah uh, <laughs> yeah uh but it's pretty simple if you don't know that about movies then in my opinion i think you should have to take a test before you can criticize movies before you can be a critic of movie you should have to take a test to at least make sure you know how to understand movies and how they're written and if you can't then you shouldn't be allowed to criticize them because you're an idiot right i think the thing about like because we always have people that complain about plot plot pops up in almost every episode that we do because people don't fucking pay attention or they think that they might have written a better one in their head. And they're like, well, instead of doing this, you should have done this. It's like, well, if, if you're that good, fucking go to school and, and become a scriptwriter people, and do your own shit. People complain about plots to true stories. Right. It's like, well, I don't really like how they made the one character do this. And it's like, that literally happened in real life. And they're like, well, you probably could have written that differently. Why it's they like, showed, that's fucking how it happened. Why they show Johnny Cash as a drug head? It's like. Because he was. He was big into drugs. That he was one of his problems. He got into that shit, so they had to show it. Yeah. But, you know, it's like with, with something like, like Billy Madison, for example, it's like there were people that complaining in the comments constantly that were like, the story feels like it's just kind of made up as it goes. And it's like, how? You have a very specific structure for how this movie goes. He starts off as like an idiot man-child, right? And then crisis comes up where his dad's like, I'm going to retire and I'm going to leave the company to Eric. And he's like, Eric's a douchebag. No, don't leave the company to Eric. I, I can do this. I really can do this. You know? And then he was like, well, you know, you know, no, you're, you're just an idiot. Like you can't run the company. You know, I need to leave it to somebody who is responsible and can, and has the business acumen to be able to run something like this. You know, even Eric is like, you know, you're going to leave this to Billy who, you know, I mean, the guy's a fucking calamity. So, you know, you introduce Crisis, and then Billy thinks to himself, okay, well, I have to prove to my dad that I'm not an idiot. I can actually graduate. I am smart enough to do this on my own. So I'm going to go back through, because you said I never graduated on my own, that you, you paid off the school to, to let me through. So I'm going to go from grade 1 to grade 12, so there's no qualms or quarrels about it. I'm going right. to do each grade in two weeks, and, and you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all the way through uh, till grade 12, graduate and prove that I can do this. And then you have another crisis that pops up when, you know, Eric pays off the principal to say that, you know, he cheated when he was in elementary school and that kind of thing. And then that sets up the finale. So you have right. initial crisis. He works through that. Then you introduce another crisis. He works his way through that. And then you get to the finale, which is him versus Eric, you know, man to man, you know, over the ownership of the company. And then when you get, when you, as you're going through that journey, the reason that Vaughn starts to kind of fall for him, I guess, is because 
he has like this weird charm that you know it's like at first one of the things that I read in the comments is that like oh the only reason that she's messing with him is because he's gonna be worth like billions you know and all that kind of stuff and it's like she never once talks to him about money can you remember no. any scene in this movie where she talks to him about like so how much money do you have she's a teacher that teaches like fucking third grade she is yeah, not her, worried about well, money. Well, there was that one scene where she was like, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Yeah, and she was dancing in front of a pool with a bunch of money. Yes. Yeah, yes. no, but that, that shit's... that's just whatever. Yeah, that yeah, that shit doesn't happen in this movie. Vaughn is not worried at all about money. She never talks about it. She never brings it up. She likes Billy because she likes Billy. It When she first shows up in her class, she finds him a, a nuisance. He's annoying because she can't do her regular like class like she would normally do because she's got a 27 year old dude there that's here for what she considers some kind of weird publicity stunt i would like whoever is writing these uh comments to just sit down and tell me like just just sit down and write like they've been writing here tell me what i would i would just be like okay look you got these complaints and stuff just sit there and write me write to me what you think star wars is about Right. I want to see what you come up with. Because it's really simple, but I bet I I fucking guarantee it would be some crazy bullshit when and they people, got done writing yeah. it. And I think that's the thing it's like people don't understand like plots and what they're designed to do. Yeah, I mean people like this would be like, "Well, it's about this Jedi who wants to fuck his sister." Yeah. And then it's like, "What what hold no. on. What what do you do? What are you talking about?" It was like, well, the like him and his sister kiss or whatever. It's like, yeah, that's not the point of the story. That's not it's the storyline. The empire, has, that, and, you know, and like rebellion <laughs> rising up against an empire. That, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. They would write about everything else except what the story's yeah. about because they can't see that. Yeah. They just see what they want to see. Yeah. And that's just that, that's just how things go sometimes when you have people. That just are so miserable. That are just so clueless. <laughs> clueless. <laughs> Reference to another one of our episodes. I think we, I think we, we owe a nickel now to Alicia Silverstone. Yeah, we do. We should. We should pay her more than a nickel. She's amazing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but. I'd uh, buy that for a dollar. No. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> That's some old, old ass shit. Right. <laughs> Uh, whenever you hear something that old you're like oh that was so classic and comical but those people were probably racist <laughs> wow they might have not have been but the, the odds it feels of, like it the odds of it being they were racist is pretty good <laughs> so yeah okay it's almost a dice roll in those days right is almost a dice roll. Uh, <laughs> is it racist? Oh, we just, oh, we just rolled racist. Yes, it is. It is racist. And spoiler <laughs> alert, only the two is not racist. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where it's, you know, anyone can make anything sound bad when you put the right words to it. But when it comes, you know, overall, when it comes to this movie still holds up and it's fun, you know. It's 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 fun to watch. Bridget Wilson is amazing. Adam Sandler's funny. You know, Fucking it's just a classic comedy. And Farley as the bus driver. 
Farley. Chris Farley. And if you hate Chris Farley, I mean... Why are you listening to this? <laughs> why are you listening to anything? Yeah. You should have been born deaf and blind. Right. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, Chris Farley and Adam Sandler and the SNL people aren't for everyone. But that's that's saying that if you, you think you're one of those people, don't don't watch any of it. And for God's sakes, don't go on IMDb and bitch about something because you just don't like this guy. It's like, you know, for for all the stuff that, like, Adam Sandler's done, it's like I think he gets a bad rap and why people hate on him, like, for no reason. And it, I think it's just because his comedy isn't for everyone, but, you know, there's different types of comics. I mean, like you mentioned Patton Oswalt. There's, there's people that love Patton Oswalt. You know, I am kind of indifferent to the guy. I don't really listen to him. I don't really know that much about him. I know that he's like hypercritical of Star Wars, which you know, I'm which not cool turns with. me off. Yeah, which That's I mean, a, I mean, he's he's hyper he's hypercritical of the prequels. Right. Nothing else. The prequels. He does nerd comedy, and he's done the same nerd comedy. And I like him in shows. Because I think he he is kind of funny when he does shows. His stand-up, you know, I'm not a fan of. But I'm not going to reach out to Patton Oswalt on Twitter or write anything like that. I just think it's funny for me to every now and then talk shit about him on the show. Right. But I do, like, he's an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or was. I liked him in that. He's a voice in Bob's Burgers. Can't say shit about that. That's legendary right he, i mean he's he you know he's not as good as you know the man the myth the legend h john benjamin that's right <laughs> <laughs> it's so I mean, weird how his voice works for archer and it also works for bob it works for archer more than bob that's yeah. what's so crazy about it like he can just when you totally s- yeah. when you see when you see the archer character you're like why the fuck does that make so much sense it makes so much sense that guy is such a legend and I do like Patton Oswalt. I don't hate him, but I just think he should lay off, you know, um, lay off the, the negativity. The negativity, yeah, yeah. The negativity does not help him. No, because he's already, you know, he should be a positive person. Positive person because he's been through so much. He should just not be. Yeah. You know, because he has went through a lot of stuff in his life. His, you know, his, his fiance Shouldn't died. Shouldn't nerds just in a general stuff. role be more positive because yeah. of how much? Just they're... don't talk about the negative stuff. You don't need that in your comedy. Do you need that in your comedy? I don't think he really does because I think a lot of his early comedy was him talking about positive stuff and then he just wants to bash a bunch of stuff and it turned me off a little bit because I was like I, I really did like you a lot but then you're just kind of like I mean I I destroyed him in our prequel Star Wars episodes right yeah I mean because I was so mad at him over that because I was like look I mean you didn't have to do that and I wouldn't have had to do that because it wasn't justified. You just wanted to pick on something because everyone else was picking on that. Right. So the other thing I think is that like for people that are, because people would point to like, well, you know, George Carlin had a tendency to be negative about stuff. And it's like Carlin was negative because he wanted to show you how fucked up some of the things are in the world. Yeah. yeah Car- see, Carlin wasn't talking about pop culture stuff. Like this is our beyond the hate stuff's pop culture reference. 
right type stuff movies music he was talking about society type society stuff. like like airports and shit like that i mean we can't help airports suck at george carlin i literally listened to a stand-up where he talked about airports for an hour and a half and nothing was not funny right it's just but that's the thing he he could put everything through that george carlin lens and it made sense you know not not everybody has the kind of talent that you know that can do that but that's the thing. There's all kinds of different comedy out there. If to wrap it up, I guess if Sandler is not your type of comedy, that's cool. Go find the shit that you like. But also, uh, he, here's my warning to you: don't attack them because if you do, there there is repercussions. He might not be be able to do it, but we can. Yeah, because <laughs> we are beyond the hate, but we're not beyond defending shit because that's what we do yeah that is what we do around here so i mean and we like all of our listeners all our fans everyone that's listening to us right now you know generally are beyond us and you know we enjoy you guys a lot but anybody that that says something about this movie that you obviously enjoy because you're listening to this episode you should refer them to this episode and maybe they can learn something right learn something that this guy gene siskel this this guy this fucking guy <laughs> from the chicago tribune 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 <laughs> and i'm just gonna leave it <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just don't gonna pay attention to me just do it i'm just i I'm can't right now I'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna read a small part from it the latest entry in the american cinema's investigation of dumb and dumber heroes everyone thinks this is something that can be compared to dumb and dumber. <laughs> and to, to what I say to that is you, you're an idiot. Dumb and dumber made how much money? Shit. So who's really dumb now? <laughs> Everyone wants to compare this movie, Billy Madison to dumb and dumber. I mean, I mean, it features idiots, but I mean, it's two but totally nothing different storylines. Yes, yeah, nothing no else. Story. The same. So, if you guys haven't learned anything else, you learned to like and subscribe and listen to us on Spotify and all the other platforms, iTunes, Google Podcasts, whatever, all over the place. You guys can look that shit up all Anchor. up on your phone. We really shouldn't have to tell you this because it's pretty simple to find our podcast. You just put Beyond the Hate. And we'll come up as the first result, hopefully, unless someone's ripped There's us like off. a metal band called Beyond the Hate, but, you know. They should do our intro, Beyond the Hate Metal Band. Email us at beyondthehate.yahoo.com, <laughs> and let's get an intro thing going. I'm cool with that. Make us a killer truck. We'll use it, man. Yeah, we definitely will use it. But We don't know anything about your music. I just happen to know that, you know, you come up when you search for that name. Hopefully you guys <laughs> don't do anything too crazy but or fuck goats <laughs> don't fuck goats that's our uh, psa yeah announcement for that the is our go home announcement don't and fuck this goats. <laughs>